When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. Nobody goes this far with coverage of yesterday's games. We came here for a mission. The Ride has blanketed the NFL with Manny Hill's four deep thoughts. And the coverage is now four deep. Four deep thoughts. Here is Manny Hill with his four deep thoughts on a busy Minnesota sports weekend. Yes, uh, here is uh, thought number one, Reavers. No Carl's going to rebound. Taj is going to rebound. But you don't replace Jimmy individually. There's no one that can do what he does. So for us, it's, and we have to understand when you're shorthanded how hard you have to play on every possession. So uh, if we do that, we're going to have a chance to win games. Uh, you know what? When Jimmy Butler went down with that injury on Friday, I thought yes. they're done and they're cooked mm-hmm. and they're probably going to miss the playoffs because they're going to fall apart because they can't really function without this guy. Now, I know the Bulls are not a very good team and the Wolves were at home, so they should have won that game. But you know what? I think they're going to be okay. Without Jimmy, I, now I, don't, I think I don't they got to win half of them. They got to go ten out of twenty. Yeah, that and gives them forty-six. Yeah, and I think they, I think they're, they're capable of doing that even without, without Jimmy Butler. Now, what they do in the playoffs, if they can win a series, I don't know about that. I don't think they can do that without him. But I think they're going to be okay. I don't think this is going to be the um, tailspin, you know, end of the season type of thing that I think a lot of people are. Okay, I didn't get to see them play Saturday. Does Wiggins become Butler in the offense now without Butler around? Is Wiggins getting the ball like Butler got the ball? Is he the second ball option or not? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, Teague played really well, and and Wiggins got more shots, and, you know, Wiggins got more shots, and he got into a rhythm a little bit better. You know who else played more, at least that I noticed, was Tyus. Tyus yep. was on the floor quite a bit uh, on Saturday. Well, they're back. To, here's their big problem. Everybody's been complaining about overuse, which is a bunch of crap. Since he had a night, since he had a, since he got belly back and had a four man bench, it, it was very rare one of these guys played forty minutes. Right. Right. Uh, he was playing them more. Well, now I saw that again. He's uh, he's pretty much uh, riding with eight guys here until the end. So he, he's got to get somebody else in there, get some minutes. But I'm I'm just kind of wondering if. Okay, 
Wiggins is, you know, he becomes the off guard. You know, does he become the yeah. second guard? Well, you know? he 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 pretty much did on Saturday. I mean, he kind of had to because with Butler out of the lineup, I mean, you, you, there's going to be more shots available for him. And, and they started Belly too, right? So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, it'll be interesting to see these next few games to see how Wiggins. You know, it was a nice response from him on Saturday with that first game without Jimmy, but we'll see if he can kind of continue it. I think he can, but he's got to go out and do it, so we'll see. All right, Reavers, thought number two. I think a lot of people are going to say Kansas City only got that from Marcus Peters yeah. because on a talent-based evaluation alone, he might be in the top three to five cornerbacks in the NFL. Right. There's obviously much more to the equation with Marcus Peters beyond just the talent. Just is that true? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Four for like penalties last year gets suspended by the team. By the team, he's a passionate player. I understand that. I'm just saying there is more to him than just the evaluation, which was okay. factored into this trade. Okay. All right, I hope the Kansas City Chiefs know what they're doing, and I understand that Marcus Peters is a little bit of a pain in the neck, and and uh, you know they were probably tired of dealing with him, but. He's really, really, really good. And I hope that Kansas City, by trading him to the Rams for a second rounder and a fourth rounder, which is not a terrible return for him, I hope the Chiefs know what they're doing. And I hope that they can make something out of those picks that, they, that they're getting for him. Manny, it's kind of interesting that uh, all of a sudden Andy Reid is getting in these little feuds with his players. I can't remember yeah. that. I didn't really can't. He's kind of been coach. He's kind of been a player's guy, and all of a sudden he's got guys that uh, he isn't getting along with. You know what he's, he's doing? Rid of them. He's changing the culture. <laughs> well, it's a little late for him. That's to change right. The culture. <laughs> he's been there too long already. Yeah, yeah. But they are. The Chiefs are kind of going through a little bit of a. Transition. It sounds like with Mahomes here now, they're going to let him play quarterback, and maybe yeah. they're going to maybe they're willing to go backwards, right? Because they, you know, hell, halfway through the season they were going to the Super Bowl, yeah, and then boom. But it, it's it's just crazy because Peters is a young guy. He was the same draft as Trey Wayne just a couple of years ago, so he's he's a young guy. He's not like a twenty nine, thirty year old that they you know figure, well, we're going to try and rebuild or something without him. I mean he. You figured, as talented as he is and as young as he is, that he was going to be a part of that core, of that young core for them going forward, but uh, not so much. So it'll be, I hope they know what they're doing because I know he's a headache, but he's really, really, really good. So we'll see what happens after that. I am part of a group. I'm part of a team. And when you're in the foxhole, man, you're, you're trying to figure out how to win, how to win. You don't have time to sit back and think how it's self-reflection, how it's affecting you and all that, man. We're just trying to tackle each day and trying to stay with it. That was uh, Lorenzo Romar, the former uh, Washington men's basketball coach who's now, I guess, kind of coaching Arizona on an interim basis with the Sean Miller thing going on. Um, I wonder, I guess my question for you guys is, is Arizona going to survive this? Are they going <laughs> to, if this is... This DeAndre Ayton thing is 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 a big deal, and I wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna get hit pretty hard. With okay, this. here's my problem: if Sean Miller and the guy are discussing a hundred thousand dollars, and the kid doesn't get it, and they don't pay it, is that a violation? I don't think so. It has to be the act. It can't the be violation the violation should be him actually yeah, they, getting the money, yes, right? Yeah, it's the thought is not a violation. I mean, if we all were punished for our bad thoughts, 
What would we, we'd Pat, all be in jail, right? Pat, come what, on. You, no, that's not a violation. It might not be, but you can't, as a public institution, you cannot have a coach openly yeah. discussing but laundering a hundred thousand. So we don't know if he's saying so. Hey, what? What? What are you gonna? What is it gonna cost me? A hundred thousand? You know, you don't know what the conversation was. I think you got to hear the conversation on the tape. You know, okay, but he what might more, be joking. But what more could should the FBI do? They they've got him red-handed. I'm talking about Not, Miller. No, it depends upon what the conversation is. If, no, what do you mean they have him ready? If this guy was cannot, stupid it, enough to have that conversation, he should lose his job. That's why you have a no, fall guy I'm like Chris saying, Carter says. I'm just saying <laughs> that if it's a disgust and you don't do it, it's not a crime. Wow, I, I completely disagree. I, I really do. I mean, again, yeah, yeah. so what you're saying then is that they actually have to have video of Sean Miller no, handing no, $100,000 over to the player. No, no, if I'm sitting talking to a friend and say, hey, let's go rob a bank. <laughs> That's not a crime. We didn't go rob a bank. But it's a threat. And we didn't, we didn't plot it. We didn't plot it. I wonder if it's just more about just the look of it, though. Well, yes, too, the look you know? is terrible. It's I agree terrible with that, look. but I, you know... I want to hear the tape. Now I don't. I'm not suggesting this is the most honest man in the world, but it could be. A, you got to know the the mood of the conversation. You know, some, somebody saying, you know, you know, the parents of this kid. This might not be cheap, and the guy might joke. Who know? Who knows? I I don't think that. I I, I got to hear the tape before I know what the conversation is. I I, I, I don't think a thought is a is a crime. I don't think bad thoughts. I think bad actions are. Correct. It might not be, but when you look at this as a whole, this is going to be, I think, become the beginning of the end of the NCAA as we know it. It's we're, we're talking about major, major uh, reconfigurations. And this has been going on for a of, long yes. time. And the fact that the the it is funny that the NCAA is just like suddenly really trying to crack down. Well, on this I love and this idea that we're gonna in all of this. I love this idea that we're going to figure out some way to allow kids to uh, have shoe contracts while they're playing. And don't play college basketball. College basketball should be willing to tell these kids to go to the G, D League, the G League. They should be willing to say, listen, you're that good, go make money. Don't come and play college. Well, and, and the NBA too needs to figure out. They they need to tweak this one and done. I heard. Thing too. I heard someone say uh, that the best thing to do would be to have uh, the NBA or uh, or some other entity take over AAU basketball. Somebody's got it. There's where all the dirt is. That's where all the sleaze is. AAU basketball, summer league basketball. That's that some entity has to take over AAU basketball and take it away from these crooks all over the country who are running AAU programs. All right, very quickly, Pat, because I know we got to go to break here. My fourth thought was uh, just paying an homage to the Gopher women's basketball team. They wrap up the regular season 84-75 over Illinois. And as I texted you today, Yes, Pat, right. And I, repeat, I repeated it as text. Thanks, you. We like this kind of uh, information. Marlene Stallings, in four seasons as Gopher women's basketball coach, has... More Big Ten wins than Richard Pitino does in five seasons. Well, 38 and 30 compared to 31 and 59. Yeah.
So Norwood Teague did make one good hire. Wow. As a basketball coach. He made one good hire. We're not so sure about the other one. We'll be back. Let me make myself clear. I am, if Sean Miller and this guy are plotting how to get this kid $100,000, yes, violation. Bad, bad business. If it's just, what do you think it would cost? Hundred grand, and the guy said, "Yeah, I don't know what it cost." And then they said, and he says, "Ah, forget it. There's nothing wrong with that." But Sean Miller's <laughs> an idiot, though, right? For just how this whole how the conversation. I don't got know. The guy's a pretty recorded. damn good player. I'd like to have him on my team. No, but I'm saying, like, for Sean, Sean for Miller me, to put himself in a position to have that phone call or that conversation recorded, he's an idiot. Yeah, well, the FBI didn't call up and say we might be tapping you either. They're smart guys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they can, they, you can, uh, you don't have to hear that click on the phone. No, I'm just saying that uh, uh, you you have to get a little bit down the road on this Two. before it becomes uh, a, a, a major happening. You I know think. what applies to this particular situation, Patrick and, and Manny? Steve Harvey. Hey, Sean Miller, you know who's talking to you? That's the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, that is true. So anyway, Anyway. uh, twins today. uh, Undefeated uh, twins. Well, I got a a couple of ties. One tie. Well, they they beat Tampa yesterday. Beat the Gophers on a walk off uh, walk walk off off wild wild pitch. pitch. (laughs) And uh, they they beat the birds. They won today in a fast-moving three-hour and 10-, 15-minute uh, exhibition. And, uh, yeah, with uh, us, I, I don't know if they announced a sellout or not, but it was three-quarters Cardinals fans. That's fantastic. Those people are goofy, man. I was down talking to them saying, what the hell are you doing here? You knew there weren't going to be any players here. And they said, ah, we got to support our team. And then one guy I ran into, he was D. Young's grandfather. So he had a good excuse. He was uh, a Naples guy. They're going to be okay, right? Because Milwaukee should be good, and the Cubs are obviously going to be one of the best Mm -hmm. in the National League. But the Birds are just kind of middle of the pack in their own division, aren't they, for this year? Yeah, I don't think I think the uh the the feeling on them is they're in a little bit of a downward spiral spiral after a terrific run, don't you? Yeah, and I know that they they gave up like two decent arms to get uh Ozuna from Miami too. That El Contreras supposed to be was I think their second best pitching prospect that they had in their system. Well, uh they're going to try. They're not going to stop trying, that's for sure. Anyway, oh. Twins Hughes pitched two innings. Uh, through 91, uh, he's trying to go to a four-pitch mix now. He Basically, when he had his great year, that's 2014 now, right? Wow. 2014. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was two-pitch pitcher that year, fastball cutter. Uh, and, but when he had, first of all, he, was, he said, I was never 94, 95. Seemed to me he was 93, 94, but he says uh, he said the fastball is not that much different. I I don't agree with that, but uh, his cutter was so damn good that year that uh, and he walked what he walked 12, right? Yeah, I think he walked 12 and he walked eight the last five months of the season or the last five and a half months of the season. I asked him if that control could ever be. It's historic. If he could ever come close to that, and he said he thought so, 
But he said, I have to have good stuff. He said, mm-hmm. you, you can't, you got to have good stuff to, he says, yeah. otherwise you're going to walk some people. And he says, I got to have my good fastball to walk that. But I think f- to uh, have control like that, and I think he's thinking 92. Uh, and he's now trying to throw a slider again, and he still throws the cutter, which he throws the slider, and then he throws a curveball, and then he's got the famous huge changeup that he's been working on for 10 years. But uh, I don't know. He would. Uh, uh, he, he is going to have to reinvent himself as a pitcher, and, and some people have done it. You know, Look at CC Sabathia throwing that sloppy curve. And, yeah, that's true. And yeah. that stuff, but I, I'm not sure that... Uh, uh, I think he's a long shot here, and long shot yeah, in terms he, of rotation he, or long shot. Making it well, they won't keep him as a reliever. I don't think. I think they'll. If he's not ready to go, if he's not ready to be the fifth starter, I got a fighting. Ch- I got a hunch that they might just eat the twenty-six. Really? Mm. Yeah. Wow. I don't. I don't know what else. I, I suppose they could put him on waivers, and then, uh, and then if he, you know, send him to Rochester and see if he could regain something there, but. Uh, after two surgeries, what what do you do? Well, if they if take him not. off the forty, man, there's no one's going to claim him with that amount of money. Oh, that God, still no. do. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. That's. But he's also such a veteran that you probably, if you put him on waivers, you have to take him off the forty, man. You probably just you have to you probably have to pay him. Uh, there's, you know, I know I would doubt if Phil Hughes has any options left, right? No, I don't think he does. No, no. So I guess I should check on that. But anyway, I talked to him, and he's, you know, he looks good. He's trying. He got him out for two innings today. He gave up uh, one hit, I believe. So, and then Kenny Vargas told our guy Derek Wetmore that uh, I saw Derek over there talking to him. We kind of stopped and talked to him, and Kenny told him that uh, he is uh, in contact with his agent, saying, uh, "Let's see if we can find me a chance to play." Because uh, you know he wasn't steaming mad or anything, but he's a realist. He knows with Logan Morrison coming in here, uh, the DH job is gone, and uh, and he's not going to make the club here. And he and is a guy that's out of options. He's out of options. Yep. Yeah, he's he's gone. So. I could see a team that you know a young rebuilding team like a Cincinnati or somebody or in Miami. They, I could see them you know sending the Twins a very minor prospect for the chance to get a guy with that ability and that amount of uh, hey, years left. He's a tough sell though when you look at his numbers. You know, I mean, what did he hit last year in Rochester? Two thirty or something. I mean, right. He's he's, he's 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 never he's he ripped it up basically one year three years ago. He's a big strong kid but every time he's not a kid anymore but every time you think okay you know maybe he hits a you know because i what i like about him i said it a lot of times is he doesn't have to hit a ball on a no. part of the bat to hit a home run he can get out in a hurry but there's just not enough of it he'll you, you'll say hey man he's looking okay and then the next 10 games they'll get two hits and uh I, I just well, what killed him last year too was his inability to really hit uh, against left-handed pitching. He really struggled from the right side of the plate last year, and that's usually when he got his opportunity. Yeah, was to right hit against now, left-handers. And Grossman is a better hitter right-handed than left-handed. So if there's any kind of a platoon uh, with Morrison, and I don't think there will be, uh, it'll be Grossman. I think Grossman's yeah. probably going to stay, and it'll be interesting to see who becomes the fourth outfielder. And you're gonna you got your three outfielders, and Morrison can he hasn't been out in right field for a long time, but they could put him out there a little bit. But I think Grossman's your fourth outfielder, and Adriana's your Adrianza's your fifth outfielder. 
that yeah. he'll, they can put him in left field and let uh, Rosario play right field once in a while. I think the, the the reason that's important is I think when you start facing lefties and you got four lefties in the lineup uh, now with Morrison, Rosario, Kepler, and Joe, and and Joe, I think the guy that sits is going to be Kepler. Hmm. Unless he, you know, yeah. he's gonna, he's gonna miss. They're not. I would guess they're not gonna start those four guys against lefties. Okay, because well, Kepler kind of gonna start because Kepler what? struggles out of those four. Kepler probably oh, struggles the most against lefties, right? He yeah. was brutal last year. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, one of those guys will sit. That's why you got to have a right-handed hitter, or Grossman or Adrianza or somebody. So, but I, you know, they got, they got their nine guys now with Morrison. And uh, if Sano is ready to open the season, and he's going to play Wednesday, which I, I would be surprised. But if he's ready to open the season, you got a backup catcher, you got Adrianza, you got Escobar, and you got Grossman. You got your team. Yeah, right. And Garver That's had a nice team. home run yesterday. That Garver game. be okay. Yeah. He can get a hit. I like him as a backup catcher. He can get a hit. He'll play some. You know, they're going to do the old uh, take their shot and uh, have him DH probably against uh, left-handed pitching every once in a while, too. Because so, he, play, he okay. plays, you know, what, first? But he doesn't play any outfield, does yeah, he? Yeah, but that's the, that's a big risk when you got, you know, Gardy. He was too paranoid. Uh, oh, yeah, to, that's uh, true. you got to have that catcher on the bench. You can't put that. You can't lose your DH, baby. You <laughs> right. can't lose your DH. So. All right, we'll be back. Uh, this is The Ride with Ricey. John Height uh, will be with us, and then we're going to be talking a little Augsburg basketball. Shocking winners of the MIAC Playoff Championship. Oh. Yes. Thank they you, upset. They won at St. John's, and then they beat Bethel Sunday. This update sponsored by Walgreens. Switch your Medicare Part D prescriptions to Walgreens. Start saving today with copays as low as $0 on select plans with their Tier 1 generics. Walgreens trusted since 1901. NHL trade deadline was this afternoon. The Wild I did make a trade. They traded Mike Riley to the Montreal Canadiens for a fifth-round pick in the 2019 draft. That marks the end of the 24-year-old's career with the hometown team. Riley had 10 points in two goals, eight assists, and 38 games with the Wild. He did carry a $725,000 cap hit, which the Wild will be relieved of in that deal. Uh, Chris Stewart, by the way, waived yesterday by the Wild, was claimed off waivers by Calgary. How much we save on him? That I don't know to be truthful. They didn't make it. A, they didn't make a. They didn't bring anybody new in though, right? No. Nope. Cheap, cheap <laughs> Leopolds. <laughs> I believe they were trying to clear space for uh, what's his name, Coonan, and the other kid that's playing in Boston. Oh, there. Greenway. Yeah. Greenway. Okay. Uh, some other NHL moves today before the deadline. The Rangers trading Ryan McDonough and JT what? Miller to Tampa that Bay. Is a blockbuster. The Lightning uh, want to win the cup, man. Proud of myself, you know. I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I'm mm-hmm. proud of myself for knowing that that is a blockbuster. That is so. a blockbuster. <laughs> uh, they, uh, by the way, they traded him for. Uh, this is a tough one. I've been practicing. Vladislav Nemestikov. That a boy. Okay. Nemestikov. That's Nemestikov. a good name to have. It's nice to have stick in your name when you're a hockey player. <laughs> Nemestikov. Uh, also, a Brett Harden. A Howden, excuse me, and Libor Hajik, a first-round pick in 2018, and a uh, conditional second-round pick. Whew, got through that. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver traded Thomas Vanek, the former member of the Wild, who's getting around, isn't he? A spare tire? Uh-huh. What they get? They got t- Tyler Motti and Juicy Jokinen. 
in return. Where, where'd he go? Columbus. Go? Columbus. Okay. He's going to end up having played for half I the was teams just, in the league. I was just wondering how many teams he's up to now. Uh, mm-hmm. B- Buffalo traded Evander Kane. Good thing about it, he's old, but he's got a lot of energy left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't skated that many miles hard, so you're fine. The Buffalo traded Evander Kane to San Jose for a first or second round draft that pick That guy's been traded about nine times, too. Uh-huh. Uh, forward Dan- Daniel O'Regan and fourth round pick in 2020 also going to Buffalo. We're going to talk to Dan Myers from Wild.com at 5.03. He'll give us an update on with this red-hot hockey team. Uh, Twins beat the Cardinals in exhibition baseball today, 5-4. to four. Uh, As you pointed out, Patrick, Phil Hughes, trying to make comeback from a couple of injury-riddled seasons started. Went two innings, gave up one hit, no runs. He struck out one. The Twins will play Boston tomorrow in a late afternoon, early evening game. Uh, they did announce their broadcast schedule today, too. And for the first time in team history, all the games will be somewhere on television. Be able to watch them all. Fox Sports North will carry 154 games. FS1 will carry six. And ESPN has two Twins games scheduled at this point. Thomas Johnny? Vanek, yeah. Oops, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, Pat. Uh, Thomas Vanek, is, uh, the Blue Jackets are his eighth team. Eighth team, okay. Wow. Uh, uh, Johnny, Aaron Grease, the Augsburg uh, basketball coach, when we get back. Sounds good. Thank you. Aaron Grease is in his 13th season as the basketball, men's basketball coach at Augsburg. And uh, the Augies just pulled off a big upset. First, they won at St. John's on Friday night. Then they beat Bethel on Sunday, both road games. And now they have won the MIAC playoffs for the first time. Congratulations, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, Aaron, when's the last time Augsburg went to the NCAA tournament? That was when Devin George was here back in 1999. Oh, man, that is, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a, that is a while back. And uh, you get to Hope College at Augustana, Illinois, uh, in the first round. When's that? That's Friday. We play Friday at 530. And uh, seems like Augustana gets a home uh, little uh, early regional every year, doesn't it? They do. They've been pretty dominant here lately. <laughs> so, uh did you guys, did you uh, look at this team? I mean, you guys had a pretty good regular season. Did you look at this team as having the potential to uh, knock off those Johnnies? They love to shoot that three. Did you did you get them to miss some? What'd you, how'd you beat them? You know, we did. Uh, I guess the third time was a charm against those guys. They had they kind of had our number and they have for a while. But we changed some things up defensively and tried to tried to make them beat us any other way besides shooting that three. And and uh, for whatever reason, it worked pretty well uh, last Friday. And then Bethel, which uh, drilled a very good St. Olaf team. Then you got to go up there and beat them Sunday, and uh, you you won it handily in the second half there. Yeah, you know, I, I guess our guys have just gotten hot at the right time. You know, they're, they've really been coming together, and and uh, here over the last week in the playoffs, we really were shooting the ball well, and and uh, and they really made a commitment on the defensive side. So uh, it was a it was a good time to get hot. Hey, uh, Colin Olmscheid, you're a six foot eight center from uh, our, our senior from Buffalo. Tell me about that kid. He's he's a stud. I mean that that kid is he's just gotten better and better every single year he's been with us. You know he's a he's six foot eight and you know he, he plays the post for us, but he's really not a back to the basket post. He plays as much on the perimeter as he does inside the paint. So he's he's a real versatile offensive player and he can just do a lot of things. And uh, was he the player of the year in the league? Who was the player of the year? Is he they haven't announced that yet. I okay. think that comes out tomorrow. 
Okay, he's, uh, I would imagine, one of the contenders, huh? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and uh, what, uh, does he shoot the three, too, once in a while? He shoots the three a lot. Yes, he does. He's he's arguably our best three-point shooter. Wow. That's, uh, see, some of those, how, how'd you get a kid like that? Or were the D2s after him, or did they miss him? I'll be honest with you, I was very, very surprised that the Division II schools did not recruit him uh, because I, you know, I coached at Division II level for nine years, and, and watching him play in high school, I really thought he had the potential to play at that level, but he didn't get much attention at the Division II level, and it was us and you know, several other Mayak schools that recruited him, and we were fortunate that he wanted to be in the city. Harry Sony, uh, your guard, uh, Apple Valley kid, I, thought I, I think I saw that kid play football. Did I see him play football and he was a bolt of lightning? Am I, am I wrong or did I see him play football? You're not wrong. You did see him play football at Apple Valley. He, he also His brother, Var, uh, Varma, uh, played in Northern Iowa, and he, he was a little bit. He had a cup of coffee in the NFL, and I think he's been bouncing around at Canadian League and some, some other leagues. But Harry, Harry played high school basketball. He was the backcourt mate uh, with Tyus Jones at Apple yes. Valley. Yes, right. Uh, and... Uh, uh, just uh, lightning quick on the basketball court. He looked that way in football for sure. Yeah, he's quick, and he's just a really, really tough kid. He's strong and, and, uh, and like you said, quick and, and a very, very good leader for us this year. And uh, who is, uh, I see you play nine kids the way it looked. I mean, you play more than that, but nine kids average over ten minutes. And that, when I watch MIAC games, that's kind of the new MIAC. They, you play a lot of kids, and everybody tries to play fast. Yeah, you know, we're definitely playing fast. You know, as we got down to the end of the year and gotten into the playoffs, we the rotation kind of tightened up a little bit. We ended up playing about seven guys uh, through the playoffs. So, um, but, yeah, we've got some good depth. Aaron, before you came to the balmy weather of Minnesota, you coached Chaminade out in uh, Hawaii for five years. Uh, little, how, how did you and Augsburg find one another? You know, that's a good question. I... Um, I actually had some mutual friends that um, um, were uh, acquainted with Augsburg and uh, Reese Johnson and Dave Boots, uh, who coached at Augsburg back in the day. Yes. And when the job came open, uh, they contacted me to see if I would be interested because they knew I was a Midwest guy and at some point going to look to get back to the Midwest. And, and uh, the conversation started that way, and it just worked out. Chaminade, of course, uh, by leaving there, you missed the opportunity to play in that uh, big uh, national uh, tournament every year out there where uh, about every seven, eight years, Chaminade pulls off a big upset. You guys, when you were out there, you beat Villanova, right? That's correct. Yep. <laughs> I, you know, we were in that. I had the opportunity to, to uh, take part in that tournament for nine years, and it's a, it is a great, great experience and got a chance to coach against, you know, all the big coach Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky and Tubby Smith and all those guys and that was great. It's just tough starting your season 0 and three most years though. So yeah, <laughs> that is uh, true. Uh, MIC uh, pretty good at the top this year, right? Very good. Yeah, yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the first year ever that the the MIC has gotten three teams into the national tournament. Oh, the Ollies made it too, huh? They did, yes, they did. Oh, good for them. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I didn't. I saw the. I knew the Johnnies were going to make it, but I didn't know Saint Olaf was going to make. It. Yeah, I only saw Saint Ol. I only saw Saint John's once, and the Ollies put a weapon on them down in Northfield for their first yes, loss did. of the year. And I was very surprised to. Uh, not only was I surprised to see you guys beat the Johnnies, but I was very surprised to see uh, uh, Bethel uh, put a weapon on uh, Saint Olaf too. 
Yeah, yeah. I like like you said. I mean, uh, the league is was pretty balanced, especially at the top this year. And Augsburg, uh, you're the assistant AD over there, and the the men's hockey team is in the uh, MIC final against Gustavus. So you guys haven't. And of course, you always kill people in wrestling. So you guys right, are having right. a pretty good. You guys are having a pretty good winner, huh? Having a great winner. Yeah, having a great winner. And yeah, we're excited for the hockey team, and hopefully they can pull that one off next Saturday. And I think it'll be the third straight year that they'll be in the national tournament if they're able to win. Aaron Grease is with us, the uh, head coach at. Uh, Augsburg, how are you guys? I, I was over there a couple of years ago when you were doing some new stuff with the football field for Edor Nelson. Uh, how are you guys in the facilities race against the rest of that league? You know, uh, I think we're doing just fine. We're, we're continuous, continuously making upgrades, and, and we've got more upgrades coming here this summer in our athletic training facility, and uh, the gymnasium just keeps getting better and better every year. And uh, we're, we're getting there, you know, in terms of, you know, a little bit our limited space and things like that. I think we're doing fine. Yeah, there's a you, you, you unless you get rid of that park next door, you pretty uh, much you pretty much got to knock down buildings over there to make right, any room. But right. uh, hey, congratulations, coach. Uh, good luck against Hope uh, this weekend. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Aaron Grease, Augsburg, big shock and upset. St. John's was rated as high as third or fourth in the country, and uh, the uh, Augsburg went up there and uh, beat them on Friday and uh, ends up uh, winning the MIEC playoffs. I think there's been – it's been going on for 19 years or something like that, the playoffs, and the uh, first time they've ever won it. We'll be back with This Day in History, and it is a fine one. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? Fats Domino uh, was born on this day in 1928. Antoine Dominique Domino. He was uh, in New Orleans, of course, a Creole family, and he grew up, he had uh, seven siblings, and he grew up speaking French. The whole family spoke French. Uh, Fats Domino, he started playing in the honky-tonks of New Orleans at age 10. There was a band leader down there who uh, loved the kid and started calling him Fats, so apparently (laughs) he was a chubby kid. And uh, he was playing the piano and honky-tonks at age 10. The great Fats Domino. Now, this isn't the first time we've paid tribute to Fats I was trying to remember when we did. Because he died last October. That's right. Last October 24th. Uh, But in 2005, uh, Hurricane Katrina hits. The floods came in. And, of course, the lower north North ward where he had lived uh, forever and ever got flooded and no one knew where he was and they thought he was uh, presumed missing and found dead i mean presumed missing and dead well he was found alive a little later uh in i think one of the local refuge places and what he said was i'm worried about all the people in new orleans tell them i love them and i wish i was home with them and uh another thing about fats in the 1980s he stopped touring. He just said, uh, I am not leaving. I'm going home to New Orleans, and I'm staying there. And he never, he didn't leave. He stayed there until the flood. He got relocated, and then he came back. But uh, President Clinton gave him the Medal of Freedom. He didn't show up. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 
didn't show up. <laughs> he wouldn't leave New Orleans. He stayed in the lower ninth ward. Apparently, had a big old house in the in the in the ninth ward, and he would show up in the clubs down there in New Orleans and play once in a while. Just show up and play, and he drove around in an enormous bright pink Cadillac yep. <laughs> uh, fence, and he just drove around, and he'd roll up in front, and if you were playing in the club and Fats walked in, you made room at the piano Guess what? Fats, you, you ain't playing anymore. No, <laughs> right. they made room now, for has Fats. Now, has he ever been a musical guest on the Friday Fun Fest? Well, I think he'll make it. I, I don't think well, he's the, officially been a musical the, guest, but this is the all-new, higher-standard, better-planned Friday Fun Fest musical guest, yeah. and I think Fats. Well, we got three of them. We only need eight, right? We need eight, uh, and we got yeah. we got ain't that a shame? His first big hit, nineteen fifty-five, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Blueberry Hill, which we just played, and I'm walking, uh, which is one of the great songs of all time, nineteen fifty-seven. What a piano player, though, man! I, I do love the whole uh, idea behind guys like Fats Domino and Dylan when they're, "Hey, you've won this great award, great! I ain't going anywhere. I'm staying <laughs> no, home. I'm staying home." And uh, he came by his name uh, legitimately, even if he got it at age ten. He was a chubby fella, but uh, one of the early. Uh, boy, I almost used the I word. Ooh. Uh, I would have had to slap myself right loud, upside yeah. the head. He was one of the great legends of early rock and roll one of the greatest uh maybe we'll throw in a little i'm walking before the day's over we when we song. honored him uh upon his death i think we played a few bump maybe we did all bump fats maybe domino. we did but well that was not the official friday no, fun you're fest right. fats domino right. Absolutely. maybe this week maybe this week fantastic we'll, uh, We'll have to approve him with Johnny Height in consultation. Just like we approved the sports person of the day in consultation with Joe. Yes. Uh, we'll have to do that with Johnny Height. See if he's a fats man or not. Anyway, uh, we shall return. Dan Myers, uh, you can read his stuff on wild.com. The wild is red hot. They have finally hit their stride. So uh, we'll be back with Dan Myers.